This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 132 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. President Donald Trump took to the airways last night for his first primetime Oval Office address to the nation to make his case for a wall at the southern border with Mexico. The president said that the partial shutdown of the government will continue until he receives the funding for a steel barrier and other border security measures. He said the wall would pay for itself as it would block illegal drugs from coming into the country and then added that Mexico would indirectly pay for it through the new USMCA trade deal. The president made no new arguments in the nine minutes he spoke and didn't declare a national emergency in order to bypass Congress in building the wall, which many people had expected him to do. His speech was followed by a rebuttal from Democratic Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, both of whom accused the president of manufacturing a crisis and holding the American people hostage. With more on this and the impact of the shutdown, we're joined here in studio by Roger Smith, Distinguished Professor of Political Science here at the University of Pennsylvania and President of the American Political Science Association, and also with us, Bill Schneider, Professor of Public Policy at the Schaefer School of Policy and Government at George Mason University. He's also author of the 2018 book, Standoff, How America Became Ungovernable. Rogers, great to see you again. Thank you for your time. Great to be here, Dan. Thank you. And uh, we'll be joined by Bill in just a second. Uh, In looking at this as a whole, I I took one thing, and it came from the rebuttal. And Senator Schumer said, how do we untangle this mess? Which may be the question of the day, because this is really becoming a larger mess by the day, is it not? Yes. And it's not clear where we made any progress last night. Uh, Senator Schumer did want to persuade the country that we should separate the shutdown from the question of the wall and border security uh, so that uh, the Democrats could continue to negotiate with the president on that subject. But that's exactly what the president does not want to do. Uh, he wants to get his wall, and he thinks the shutdown is the way to get there. So then there is a, supposed to be a meeting between both sides today at the White House. And, and I guess with where we stand right now, it doesn't seem like you have a whole lot of optimism that we're going to come to an agreement today. I don't see any real possibility of that today. The president will meet first with Republican congressional leaders to shore up their support for what he's doing. Then he'll meet with leadership of both parties. But the exchange last night, neither position, neither side offered any compromise. Neither took any new positions. Uh, There's no basis to think that anything's going to change now. Bill Schneider of uh, George Mason University joining us right now. Bill, what was your take from uh, both the president's uh, speech and the rebuttal by by Schumer and Pelosi? The standoff continues. The White House position is to argue that the, the partial government shutdown is not a crisis and the border security issue is a crisis. Uh, I'm not sure that second point was made, even though that was the main point of the speech. What is your expectation then moving forward with the government shutdown? I mentioned with Rogers, it doesn't seem like, even though there are going to be meetings today, that uh, there's a whole lot of optimism that we would see an agreement to end the shutdown in the immediate future. What you're going to see in the immediate future is more and more people 
hurting because they're being denied their paychecks. You may see some services being uh, curtailed or denied. The White House is going out of its way to try to make sure those services are not curtailed. They say the food stamps will be delivered even after the money runs out next month. They say the tax refunds will be issued, although there are legal questions about who's going to issue them and how it's going to be handled. The White House is doing everything it possibly can to keep the partial government shutdown from looking like a crisis. My feeling is it's going to look like a crisis. I mean, the whole idea of declaring a security emergency on the border and having the government, much of it, shut down is absurd. And that goes to going back to something you said a moment ago, Rogers, is the fact that the president is going to meet with Republican leadership before he sits down with Democratic leadership. And and I guess there is the potential of Republican support wavering the longer we go with the shutdown. Yes, we've seen uh, three Republican senators indicating some wavering already. And the most striking feature about the current moment is that while the Republican Senate holds the balance of power between the democratically controlled House and uh, the president, uh, Mitch McConnell is staying on the sidelines. We're not seeing or hearing anything from him. And the president has to make sure that the Republicans and McConnell are not going to waver and cut a deal with the Democrats. McConnell's not sending any signals now. Bill, the, the president last night, it, it, there were a couple of things that I picked out. One, he called this a crisis of the heart and a crisis of the soul. He also referred to our immigration system being broken. How do you react to those two statements? Our immigration system has been broken for a long time, uh, and it doesn't work right. Every president, Clinton, Bush, Obama, has tried to fix it. It can't get through Congress. You know, there are a lot of Americans who have you know, a problem with immigration. I don't think the issue for them, the conservatives, the Republicans who are behind this effort to build a wall, I don't think the issue for them is criminals or drugs. I think the issue for them is immigration. They think it's changing the face of America, and they're not comfortable with it. Those are mostly older Americans and Americans without, a, without college degrees who feel pushed aside, particularly by the wave of immigration. Every time we've had a wave of immigration in this country, there's been a political backlash. It goes all the way back to the 1850s when we had a wave of Irish immigrants. That produced the Know Nothing Party, which was anti-Catholic. Then we had a big wave of immigration early 20th century from Southern and Eastern Europe. That gave rise to the second Ku Klux Klan in the 1920s. And it's happening again here now because of the wave of immigration we had, which is actually slowing but in the last uh, 15 or 20 years. And it not, happens not just in the United States, but in Europe as well. It was the wave of immigrants from Africa and the Middle East that drove Brexit to happen in Great Britain. Rogers? I'd add that uh, to Bill's examples that actually in the 1790s we had a movement to tighten naturalization laws out of the fear uh, that new immigrants then were transforming what was actually a brand new nation. So yes, we've had these cycles over and over again. And unfortunately, there is a dimension that is even more visible in the U.S. uh, than in Europe. It's not only that older Americans, less educated Americans are feeling threatened by the changes of immigration. Uh, It is unfortunately predominantly white Americans. And so the issues of immigration are tied up with our racial divisions. And then, of course, you fact in the, the the political divide that we have in the country right now, and it makes it all, uh, almost in, very hard to believe that we're going to find some sort of solution on immigration as a as an entity 
anytime in the near future, Rogers. That's true because the polarization of the parties has unfortunately uh, included a uh, racial polarization of voting uh, where even Republicans see themselves as a predominantly white party these days. But it should be stressed uh, that actually most mainstream Democrats as well as Republicans support border security and and agree on a number of measures. There are uh, particulars on which the parties could get agreement on uh, comprehensive immigration reform that would solve almost everything. The two big issues are path to legalization, the sticking point during the Bush and Obama years, and now the wall, a huge sticking point for Democrats today. And, and Bill, the, the wall obviously is a is a huge piece to this uh, discussion moving forward. And, and whether or not it is a wall that goes across the entire border of Mexico with Mexico or whether it goes over certain sections seems to also be a point of contention by both parties. That's right. Uh, this comes out of the 2016 campaign when building the wall was a key campaign promise by then candidate Donald Trump. Look, Trump is a builder. He wants to build things and he wants his name all over those things. That's what he's all about. Nobody seriously involved in immigration policy believes that the wall is going to do a lot of good. In fact, while there are drugs coming into the United States, most of them are not coming over the southern border. They're coming into legal ports of entry, airports, and by ships. Um, there is a crisis of some sort of a humanitarian crisis at the border. Yeah. It's not so much terrorists and criminals. It's families. What's, what's changed, the number of illegal uh, immigrant arrests has actually dropped a bit. Uh, in the last couple of years. But what uh, is changing is that more and more of the immigrants are unaccompanied children and families. That is a humanitarian crisis more than a security crisis. Which then, Roger, seemingly that falls on the agencies that are involved at the border of being able to do a better job of, of taking care of these kids, keeping families together when necessary, and being able to, to really parse through a lot of these, these difficult, uh, the, these difficult uh, questions that need to be asked. That's quite right. A wall is not going to help with the humanitarian crisis and even uh, conservatives on immigration like Mark Krikorian of the Center for Immigration Studies uh, believes that building a wall all across the border is not feasible and wouldn't be helpful. It is true that we need to devote more effort to assisting the communities that are affected by this humanitarian crisis, helping agencies provide services and helping those communities uh, cope with new populations on their borders and in the case of those who merit asylum uh, coming into their communities. Uh, That's something that the parties should be able to agree on, uh, but it's not what we're talking about. Bill, your thoughts? My thoughts is that the president, when he gives a speech like this, he's supposed to unite the country behind a problem that everyone is aware of and that really is a crisis to most Americans. That did not happen. What this president does is governed by dividing. He got elected by dividing the country. He took advantage of a division that was there long before he ran for president, and he governs by dividing the country. The, the speech last night probably just divided the country even further. Yes, Republicans believe that the immigration issue is a genuine crisis, but Democrats and independents do not join in that belief. And I don't think the president said anything last night that's likely to change that.
We're joined here in studio by Roger Smith of the University of Pennsylvania on the phone, Bill Schneider of George Mason University. We're talking about the address by President Trump last night and as well the rebuttal by uh, Senator Chuck Schumer and uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment on Twitter at BizRadio132 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. So then let's go to the rebuttal for a second here. With what was said by by Mr. Schumer and Mrs. Pelosi, what was your reaction to the 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 move they put forward to really push this as a hostage situation, and that the president was holding the United States hostage at this point? Well, unfortunately, the Democrats didn't offer anything new either that could help us get to a compromise. Uh, Speaker Pelosi uh, just emphasized that the Democrats are for border security, uh, but she didn't push any particular policy agenda very hard because it's true that a minority of Democrats are uh, not enthusiastic of any immigration control measures. Uh, Senator Schumer stressed that the shutdown should be a separate issue uh, in the hopes that Americans will oppose the shutdown and push the president to a negotiating table to help the Democrats. Uh, but that is the line that the president has been stressing he won't cross. Bill? The Democrats' message was a little different from the president's. The president was arguing the border is the crisis, immigration is the crisis, security is the crisis. The Democrats were saying, no, the government shutdown is the crisis, or it's a building crisis. Most Americans haven't seen it as a crisis yet, but just wait. Uh, things are going to, could easily get worse, and a lot of people could get very angry. For the Democrats, they were talking about a different crisis, the partial government shutdown more than anything on the border. So then what do you think should be the uh, approach of the Democrats, Bill, in in the next few days as we try and find some sort of solution? The Democrats have to make a deal, if they can, to open the government. And basically they're going to say we're not going to do anything about border security unless the government is opened again. And they're going to keep the pressure up on the White House. And the White House, I think, eventually will find it necessary to at least resolve most of the big issues related to the government shutdown. Uh, The Democrats are passing bills to open the government piece by piece. The president is going to be under pressure to sign those bills, and he's right now desperate to make sure Republicans don't join the Democrats in passing those bills. Uh, And the danger for him will be if they pass those bills with a veto-proof majority, because there are a lot of Republicans who don't like the idea of of a shutdown that they're seen as responsible for. Remember, the president said some a few weeks ago that he would take responsibility for this shutdown. Which I, I guess is interesting when you think about this in terms of the shutdown related to the politicians who potentially could feel impact from this bill. I don't think that that a shutdown ends up having a lingering effect uh, on politicians, in ter- and especially when we're talking about the next time that, that uh, anybody will be up for a re-election would be in, what, about a year and a half or so. Does it Does it have that kind of lingering effect at all? Oh, it certainly hurt the Republicans in the 1990s when okay. we had the longest shutdown to date. This one could end up being longer. It certainly hurt Newt Gingrich, although he hurt himself when he uh, was depicted as a crybaby for not being seated in the front of the Air Force One coming back from the Yitzhak Rabin funeral, uh, so that he, he lost that battle. Well, it does make the Republicans look bad in this case, because the president announced the shutdown. He said... He was going to stick by it. He would take responsibility for it. And most voters hold the president more than the Democrats responsible for the shutdown. 
Rogers? And I just add that one thing missing from the president's speech last night was any plans to mitigate the impact of the shutdown. As you noted at the opening, Dan, the White House, others in the staff are taking measures to try to keep the shutdown from being experienced as a crisis by the American people. But President Trump has not laid out those measures, provided reassurances. And if, as uh, I think Bill's right, people experience this more and more as a crisis, if the president doesn't seem to be responding to that crisis, he'll lose support uh, just as Gingrich did back in the 90s. And the other part to this, in terms of the relationship between President Trump and uh, Schumer and Pelosi right now, is that there is tension. There really has been tension ever since uh, President Trump was elected in office, and we saw it recently, what was a few weeks ago, when they were sitting uh, at the White House, and there was that disagreement between President Trump and and uh, Senator Schumer, where President Trump said, okay, I'll take it. I will take the responsibility for the shutdown. So if we don't even have that any level of trust between those two sides, how can we expect to have anything really move forward at this point? Well, the biggest mistake there was doing that on camera. Uh, the kinds of negotiations that need to take place so that each side can do some compromising without losing face, you can't do that in full public view. It is true that both Schumer and Pelosi are savvy, experienced politicians. Uh, Trump may be used to cutting business deals, but they're used to cutting political deals. And so if they have discussions behind scenes and the president does realize that his Republicans in Congress uh, want to get the government going again, we may eventually uh, reach an, an end of this shutdown. But the president has painted himself into a corner that's making it very hard to get there. Bill, your thoughts? My thoughts is that, uh, look, we, we need a crisis to govern in this country. We have a system of government that was set up to be weak and limited. Um, and the, what we're presented here with is two competing crises. It's an amazing situation where the president is saying there's a border security crisis. The Democrats are saying there's a shutdown crisis. Actually, going into the president's speech, I'm not sure most Americans saw either one of those as a dire national crisis. Uh, so it's a real contest between two crises. I think the shutdown is more likely to become a crisis as its effects are more widely felt than the border security problem, which really does not affect many Americans. And again, the next couple of weeks, Bill, are, are, are really going to start to to show how much of an impact there really is, because up until now, many employees who were who were sent home hadn't been receiving paychecks. Now, as we get you know further into the month of January, we're going to see that financial impact really start to come forward. Yes. Um Look, Americans respond to personal stories, to stories about individuals uh, like the the two poor children who died in uh, de- detention yeah. when they uh, were came to the United States illegally. We, we need Americans need stories that they can relate to, and when they start hearing stories about federal workers who can't pay their mortgages, who can't feed their families, who can't uh, survive without paychecks, they're going to be terribly sympathetic to that, and this crisis is suddenly going to mushroom. Rogers. I went traveling this weekend, and I have to say that the TSA agents were continuing to do a terrific job in keeping America's transportation systems going. But uh, the numbers who uh, 
refuse to work or look for other jobs because they're not going to get paychecks, that's going to be rising now. And that's just one of a number of areas where Americans will start experiencing hardships. And we may get stories of how the shutdown is both hurting those who aren't getting paychecks and hurting those who aren't getting services. And then the public will be more mobilized. Bill, do you think that if we were able to get the government shut down agreed to and get the, those services reopened, that we could then really start to take a step forward on the issues surrounding immigration. Well, uh, as I said before, that's, uh, that we've been trying to do that for about 30 years, yeah. um, and uh, so far without agreement. Look, for many members of Congress, for particularly conservatives and Republicans, the issue is immigration. It, they don't want all these immigrants. They've, President Trump has even talked about curbs on legal immigration. Legal immigration is crucial to our economy. I mean, unlike Europe, our economy is growing because we have a growing workforce, and that's supplied mostly by immigrants. Uh, so it's a, it's a very difficult thing to talk about uh, limiting immigration to this country. But it's always the case that there's a political backlash to immigration. There is now, and it's not limited to the United States. It's driving populist movements all over the world. Uh, so it's, it's not going to be an easy issue to resolve. We've been trying to do that for decades. Rogers? It was actually true under President George W. Bush that uh, majority of Democrats and most Republicans favored a comprehensive immigration reform package, but the anti-immigrant forces within the Republican Party were a sufficiently strong minority to prevent any bill from being passed. Yeah. Now those forces are in control of the Republican Party. Yeah. It's hard to see a deal. And it's also interesting because the president mentioned last night that uh, Senator Schumer, if you go back a few years, had said in Congress that he was supportive of having stronger border security and mentioned the fact that people coming into the United States without uh, the, the proper path were affect, you know, uh, dealing with a crime, that they were committing a crime coming into the United States. So there was also that element that that played there of basically saying, well, then Senator Schumer is kind of flipped on this particular issue as well. I think Schumer would deny that he has flipped. Uh, he would say he's for border security now. He was for border security then. He was for some fencing along the border then. He's for some fencing along the border now. Uh, the big question then, though, was the path to legalization, yeah. where his position wasn't entirely clear. Now, the pressure within the Democratic Party is to promise legalization, uh, and I think Schumer will support it. If there's been a shift, it's simply on that issue, which does deepen the divide. Right. Bill? Well, what you have here is a, a small group of single-issue voters on the immigration issue, and they will come after any politician who uh, votes to liberalize immigration laws. Uh, to make it easier for illegal immigrants. And their response, I've talked to them many times in covering this issue, their response is always the same thing. What part of illegal don't you understand? These people are criminals. They have to be punished. They have to be deported. They're ready to deport 11 million illegal immigrants in the United States. By the way, do you know where most of those illegal immigrants came from? They did not cross the border from Mexico. Right. They came from people with visas who overstayed their visas. Right. That's the main source of illegal immigration in this country. Gentlemen, thanks very much for your time today. Roger's always good to see you. Thank you for coming in. Thank Appreciate you. It. Bill, as always, great to talk to you on the phone. Thank you for your time, sir. My pleasure. Thank you. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.